The Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Out of the Rat Race Cycling Apparel, um, where you can pick up ecologically sustainable high-end kit, which is both odour-resistant and lovely to look at. So make sure you check it out at www.com.au. That's or.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and I am lucky to be joined by Marcus Cooley of St. George Continental and, of course, as it's, it's becoming quite regular these days, getting the two of you together, Louisa Lobigs from Holden Cycling, um, joining us from her team team lodgings down there in uh, Tasmania at the moment. How are, you, how are you both doing, Louisa, first? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Enjoying the warm Tassie weather while it lasts. It was um, a good tour, the tour of Southwest. Um, the team started off really well with um, Leeson in first, um, Grace second and me third, and I think Shannon in fifth. So it was a really solid way to start the tour and put us in a good position. So uh, back, in, back in racing with the NRS after quite a long break after the Tour of East Gippsland, and it was the women down at the Tour of Southwest. Um, that area of the world's renowned for its uh, not particularly nice weather conditions at times. Louisa, how did you find it down there? Yeah, I mean, I loved the racing down there. It was um, nice and windy. Um, we had a pretty strong team come down, so um, we, were, we were loving the winds. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, they weren't quite in the right direction on the road stages, but yeah, it, was, it was good fun. It was a nice tour. Yeah, great. I mean, it's a new addition uh, to a southwest to the NS. How do you think it, how do you think it went? Yeah, I mean, coming into it um, was a bit, um, I guess, disappointed that we didn't have um, a lot of racing. We had a short time trial and only a 50k road stage, um, followed by a criterium on the on Sunday. Um, but um, ended up that the racing was pretty full on the whole time, so I was actually pretty tired after it and had had a lot of fun um, in the aggressive aggressive racing so it was, it was actually a really good tour and I think um, I hear rumours that they'll extend the road stage um, next year to 80k. Yeah so let's go through the results now. Stage one was the time trial as you mentioned and it was a one two three for Holden and you guys must have been pretty happy after that stage. Leeson Hawkins took first, Grace Brown second five seconds back and yourself third at 10 seconds behind Leeson. Um, what, what was the uh, I imagine the team was pretty happy after that. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think you can really get much better than first, second, third. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't get first, second, um, third, fourth. Shannon was fifth. So, um, yeah, it was a good good start to the tour. And, I mean, put, just put us in a really good position um, uh, coming into the road stage. But um, I guess also we were the ones to beat. So there was definitely pressure. Yeah, what did that mean for you um, in the peloton? Did you have to take all the responsibility of chasing down chasing down the moves and setting the pace on the front? Yeah, so we came into the second stage um, quite excited about the wins. We wanted to use our strength um, in the team to really um, dictate the race using the wins. Unfortunately, they weren't quite in the right direction and we probably got a bit too excited at the start of the race. Um, but we managed to um, maintain our GC um, lead after that stage. So, and definitely learnt a lot of lessons there. Yeah. So it came down to the bunch sprint in the end, and it was Sophie Mackay from Specialized Women's Racing taking it out from Macy Stewart. Good to see her back in, from mm. the TIS Tasmanian Institute of Sport. 
and Chloe Moran um, in there in third from uh, not Wiggle High Five, High Five Dream Team. Um, what, what happened in the sprint there, Louisa? Can you paint us a picture of how it went down? Um, yes, I think we um, uh, used a, a lot of our cards a bit too early in the race. So, um, yeah, we just didn't quite have it at the end there in the sprint. Um, I mean, Sophie is a great little rider and, yeah, she did a really good job taking out that tour. So it's, it's I'm always happy to see her win a race. <laughs> She's such a lovely person. Um, but, yeah, we um, just probably didn't quite play our strengths right and we obviously don't have a sprinting team um and yeah just didn't quite play the cards right but lessons were learnt. okay um just a quick <laughs> quick note on macy stewart there it's good to see her back in the peloton isn't it after she took you know a, a break which is you know it's unusual to take a break from cycling when you're 19 years old or whatever she was when she took the break um but she's back now and she appears you know really re-energised um, to judge from her results and what and what she said after the race there? Yeah, it's um, so great to see Macy back. She's a great rider and um, just a really strong personality. And, um, yeah, I think if she can hold it together, like she has a really fantastic future ahead of her. Yeah, um, she moved herself up into, I think it was third at that stage um, after the second sprint, after that second stage sprint there. Um, were you at all worried about her going into that final stage with, you know, still some bonus seconds left on the line there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the most exciting thing about Southwest was the bonus seconds. So it was um, 10, 6, 4 um, every, or at least on the line and um, twice during the crit and twice during the road stage as well. So it was a really um, crucial factor in the race tactics. And Macy was definitely our biggest threat. And we were, we came into the crit. Um, really wanting to, I guess, hurt the legs of TIS and try to put them on the back foot. I'll bring Marcus in here for a second. Um, what do you think of that style of racing with those um, generous bonus seconds is probably the way to put it. Um, do you think it enlivens the racing or does it kind of concentrate it into those uh, runs to, to those sprint points? It depends on the, the type of course, I find. I mean, if you've got... Um... Flatter, flatter, flatter race profile. Then it, it's good to have the sprint, like uh, for time. You're going to have more action in the race. Um, but if it's going to be a more decisive sort of uh, stage, then you don't really need it. Um, but definitely, it it adds a bit more spice to it, especially if you've got a few crits in the tour or um, a shorter flatter road stage. Yeah, and I suppose you got to work with the terrain that you've got, don't you, to to create an interesting race. Um, well, that leads us into stage three, where the time bonuses did play a big part in that race, and um, it was eventually the break who won it uh, with Ashley Ann Kudinoff uh, coming back to the road from the track, uh, taking out the win there from Sophie McKay and Anya Lowe, the sixteen-year-old from uh, TIS. So. Um, take us take us through that stage because it was also a mover for GC, wasn't it, Louisa? Yeah, it was. Um, so we came into that stage um, with TIS um, really on our radars, and especially Macy. Um, um, I think uh, um, Ashan Kudinov was also a threat, but I would have had to get all the sprint bonuses um, and a bit of a time to win this tour. So. Yeah, Macy was our, our major threat for the GC. Um, so we came into that um, wanting to put them on the back foot and it was a quite a technical, or not so technical, but quite a narrow road. Um, so it was an ideal 
um, course for splits to happen. So, um, yeah, I, like I made the move right from the start and attacked from the gun. And so I was away with, with Ash um, for a bit, which meant that TIS had to chase. Um, so just took a bit of sting out of their legs. And, um, yeah, we were just really aggressive um, since that point. Um, and I think the, the field, looking back at the footage, really um, got um, dwindled down in the first 20 minutes of the crit. Um, and in the end, um, Shan got away with, um, uh, I think it was five other riders. Um, every team was represented. So every, every other team was pretty happy with that split to go. Um, so it ended up being perfect. Uh, Shan luckily got some bonus um, time on the sprint. So which meant that we were pretty um, confident in her taking out the GC win overall. Ended up being quite tight at the end, but um, we stuck to our guns and it it um, paid off in the end. I imagine it must have been a bit nerve-wracking whilst the maths was uh, done after the stage there because <laughs> it was a close-run thing. Um, I mean, Shannon took, a, I think it was 10 seconds in the intermediates, um, but she wasn't there on the on the final sprint. And um, then you had obviously had Leeson Hawking's who was the leader going into the stage, and she finished second overall in the end, um, just four seconds back, I think, from Shannon. And then, May, oh, and then who was it? It was Ashley Ann Kudinoff, six seconds down, and Macy Stewart was, was she eight seconds down? It was incredibly close mm, at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, um, as soon as the break had gone, um, TIS were chasing and we were just sitting on. So, I mean, coming into the last um, 10, 10 minutes, like, um, I mean, Ash, I'm, um, Sorry, Macy and um, Fashnat. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Madeline Fashnat. Yeah, so they did a, I mean, awesome job trying to bring that break back. Those two girls are so strong, um, and but we just knew that we were in a position to we could just really they were just wearing their legs down. So we we're pretty confident in Shan taking that win, even though I think Jules, our manager, was a bit nervous on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, he's a nervous watcher, dude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I think talk a bit, bit, bit more about the tour in general now. Um, how impressed were you by the TIS team? I mean, you mentioned that they were your big competitors there, but they really, they've sprung up from almost almost nothing because in recent years, they've only really sent, um, you know, the occasional individual rider to races. And in recent times, that's been Madeline Fastnacht. Um, But they've come here with a really strong team and it sounds like they're riding really well together. Yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with their racing. Obviously, they're a young team and, um, you know, um, I guess we'll, we'll make a few more mistakes or make moves which are a bit more questionable. But, um, I mean, they did such a good good job at the Southwest and it's really great seeing um, um, more uh, new good teams come through. It just makes the racing so much more exciting. It's a bit, it's a bit boring when one team is dominating the whole tour. Yeah, and new young talent as well. It's it's something I've worried a bit about in women's cycling um, that we don't have the really those real youngsters coming through on the road at least. But now yeah. we've got you know, now we've got Madeline Fashion Act. We've got these two sixteen-year-olds in um, Anya Lowe, um, and I think another of their riders is sixteen as well. So you know they're they're competing up there with with some of the best in the peloton. Yeah. Oh, Sarah Gigante as well. She She's really impressed so far this year. Definitely. With Sarah, Madeline and Macy, I think um, the young women's peloton is looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, well, we'll move on now to 
the race that's upcoming in the women's NRS, and it's Mersey Valley. Um, a bit more of a hilly, hilly race this one for for the riders. Um, I understand. Well, from looking from the videos that uh, Holden put out, you guys did a TT reconnaissance today. <laughs> Yeah, so we did a TT recon today. Um, I promise we haven't eaten the whole cake. <laughs> that will be saved for after the tour. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we the TT is 14, just over 14k, and it's um, actually not hilly. It goes along the course. Um, sorry, along the coast. Um, there's some little bumps in it, but nothing major. It's a pretty fast course, so um, I think they'll actually suit um, our strengths pretty well. Um, tomorrow so hopefully the plan is to set it, set us up um, in a good position coming into the road stages is it going to be the decisive um, factor like it was last year with k perry taking the win do you think or is it going to depend or is it more that it sets it up for what for the action in stages two and three uh, i think it'll be more setting it up um, looking at the teams who have come here um high five's got a pretty strong team and also the tis girls um looking at what they did last weekend, I think will be um, ones to look out for. So, and of course, Kate Perry is here and um, Justine Barrow, so the climbers. Um, but yeah, I think definitely the road stages are going to be um, be key in winning this tour. Yeah, Justine Barrow riding with Rush now, I see, um, which makes sense. I mean, they do need that climber to replace Ruth Corset, who has retired now. I think. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's fairly common knowledge for most people. But um, in case you missed the missed the announcement, and it's probably probably worth saying that you know she's paying a bit of tribute to her, she's been such a great force along the Australian cycling scene for such a long time, and um, both both internationally and domestically. And it's great to see her, you know, retiring at a stage where she felt comfortable doing so. I think. Yeah, I mean, it will, it will be weird not seeing Ruth in the bunch. She's always in the peloton. Um, but, yeah, she's definitely had a, a great um, career locally and internationally. Yeah, um, I'll plug something I did here. I did an interview with Ruth recently, and that will be going up on Cycling Central soon, hopefully. So keep an eye out for that. Um, interesting interview as well. And um, she was very generous with her time and what she talked about there. So keep an eye out for that one. Um well, let's yeah, let's have a quick look at who we think is going to do well at Mersey Valley. Um, Lucy Kennedy's back. She wasn't at Southwest. Um, how do we think that she can go here? Um, she's got Jessica Pratt this time, uh, Tessa Fabry, Sam Deritta, who was a DNF actually at, at to a Southwest, um, and Ruby Roseman Gannon. Uh, how how do you think? Well, how dangerous is she going into this race? Oh, she's definitely a favourite going to this race. I mean, seeing how Lucy. Um, rode over the summer she definitely had some great form so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see if she's um, held that form or improved on it and yeah definitely one we'll be keeping our eyes on um leads us to last year's winner Kate Perry um didn't appear to be on the best form at Southwest judging entirely from the results um what well, I mean obviously a dangerous rider though what what's the what's the thinking there? Yeah, I mean, um, Kate's a climber, so I think results don't always tell the whole story. Um, she may be may well be targeting this race, which isn't surprising, um, knowing her history. So yeah, I mean, she's always always there on the climb. So yeah, hopefully hopefully she'll be testing us. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they've got a good team apart from that. They've got Ella Bloor, uh, Maddie Wright, Verita, Verita Stewart and Kate McElroy, the New Zealander. So that's a talented bunch of riders. You've got to keep their, your eye on them. And the new new girls on the block, TIS, Dulux, is their major sponsor there. I'm not sure that they're quite the climbers. Um, well, then again, Maddie Fastenach, she can climb, can't she? Mm-hmm. And Anya Lowe, she looks like the sort of rider who'd be able to go uphill quite well as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you race a smart race, so you don't necessarily need to be a pure climber. <laughs> well, that, so that brings Macy Stewart into the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's strong. And um, also got the New Zealand registered team, Rock Salt Attacker. And yeah, not, not their strongest not their strongest lineup. I'm not sure who's really going to challenge for the win there. Maybe Charlotte Lucas is probably the best um, climber out of that bunch. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte um, has been climbing pretty well. She, they were here for Cadell's race and um, the summer racing. So, yeah, it'd be great to see her if she's in good form. Yeah, apart from that, it's Riley McMullen, Jos- Josephine Melgaard and Abby Sneddon there. So be interesting to see before what they do before they head off over. I suppose we, I suppose you should probably cover your team as well there, the, the Holden, Holden team. Um, I, I guess you'd be pretty happy with your results so far this season. I was just looking at the NRS points tally the other day and from a team's perspective, it's Holden on 870 points. And the next best is Tasmanian Institute of Sport with 190. So you must be pretty happy with how you're sitting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we're sitting pretty comfortably at the moment. I mean, it's early in the season, but yeah, it's going going to plan so far. (laughs) And unfortunately, you did have to surrender your NRS series lead to um, Shannon um, there. She's she's now 100 points ahead of you on that on that category, 400 to 300. Yeah, well, I love sharing the love, so got to share 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 it around the team. <laughs> well, sounds sounds fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Um, yeah. Apart apart from that, though, um, I suppose we get onto our picks now. And who who do you think that is going to be up there come the end of this tour? Um, well, I guess um, from our team um, could could be anyone, really. <laughs> We've got um, Shannon, um, Grace, and Lisa, and all climbing pretty well at Oceana. So um, who knows what will happen there. And I, you know, Lucy Kennedy, definitely a big threat. Um, Madeline Fashnat, um, she's definitely a young rider to look out for. And um, Kate Perry, if she's on, if she's on form. Yeah, well, certainly the, the windy weather down at Southwest wouldn't have suited her at all. So no, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised to see her put a spirited defence of her title in here. Um, yeah, I'll put certainly Leeson and Lucy have to be Leeson Hawkins and Lucy Kennedy have to be up there in almost any list you're making. Um, and then I'll have Grace Brown up there as well for the podium. She's been she's really impressed me um, how she's come into the team. I remember the first race she came in. What was it? Uh, Tour of Bright, the first race with you guys and. Yep. You guys are like, well, not, not entirely sure how good she is. And then she just went out and did a great performance on one of those stages in the breakaway. Yep. And she's gone from strength, uh, ugh, she's gone from strength to strength since then. So. Yep. Yeah, she's definitely a rider to look out for in the future. Good. Uh, Marcus, have you got a pick or are you keeping your paddle out of the water for this one? Well, I don't know if I can do a, a podium, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with uh, Leeson for the win. <laughs> I like well, the way yeah, you certainly. 
certainly certainly not the worst pick. I mean, after Chiani's, I mean, that's a ride I'll remember for quite a while. Going off, what was it, 70Ks left to go and staying off solo is something special. Anyway, um, we'll move on to Grafton to Inverell now. Okay, we're back and talking Grafton to Inverell now. Um, Louisa, they've added a female... Uh, some, obviously, it's not the best timing with it coinciding with the w- women's NRS, and uh, I'm guessing it couldn't actually be an NRS event because it's a bit too long. But um, would you like... I mean, is that something that you'd like to see in the future with, given the opportunity to race these really long, tough one-day classics? Um, well, personally, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's great that there's a women's category and I think it's really important. I mean, there's a lot of crazy girls out there so who love doing the long stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's really important to also include include the females and hopefully um, next year won't be clashing so badly. Um, so maybe some of the NRS women would love to get a good training ride in <laughs> some long racing. Yeah, well, there's at least one NRS um, NRS rider on the start list. Uh, Britt Lindoris um, from Phoenix Cycle Collective. She's there, so she'll be giving it a go, and she'd be my favourite out of that bunch. I think I don't really know the other riders too well, so yeah, um, it'd be be good to see how she goes. And uh, Canberra local, so you, you might know. Her yeah, I do. Probably. Britt's a great rider, so yeah, hope hope she gets the win. 57th edition of the, I'm going to call it the hardest race in Australia, certainly the hardest uh, one day classic in Australia. Um, probably gets the title over the Melbourne to Warrnambool. Um, though Melbourne to Warrnambool can be pretty bloody hard when the wind's in the wrong direction as well. Uh, Marcus, uh, you're racing this one. Uh, you looking forward to the, to the big race? Uh, I'm, yes, but. In a, yeah, de- yeah, it'll be a good race. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've just had some time off the bike, but I'm pretty keen to get back in into racing. Uh, it's always exciting to kick off a new uh, NRS season, uh, see where everyone's at, see what's changed over the break. Although I suppose everyone's sort of been clashing a bit at the smaller VRS, um, the Oceanas, uh, the Nationals. So it's, it's, it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same type of type but um yeah I'm, I'm pretty keen to get back into national road series yeah it's been a, a long break from racing in australia i mean there have been those vrs races as you mentioned and most really recently there was a tour of the southwest where who was it who took the win there it was neil vanderplug who took the win from drew Morey and patrick burt in uh what what looked like a real up and down affair in that in that one it changed lead every every single day though it, it must be said that Every time it changed lead, it was to another ice away um, Swiss wellness rider. Yeah, yeah, seems seems like it. Um, they just sort of pass it around. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like Cyrus Monk had a pretty good uh, time trial on stage one. Not far off Sean Lake at all. Um, whether that means Cyrus is um, flying or Sean's not quite where he uh, should be in the lead up to um, Grafton and Tour of Japan for him. We will probably find out in a couple of days' time. Bit of a story there. Um, Nick Scolari, actually the Masters rider, took the fastest time in that time trial there. And uh, he said after the stage that Sean Lake actually missed his um, missed his start time. So he, he made it into a bit of a handicap there. 
in that race, but um, still. Uh, so I don't know how many seconds advantage he, he was giving away there, but he, he did take the win in the end, but I think it was less than a second um, from Cyrus Monk then. It was close to third as well. Um, but anyway, the two-time winner will come back at the head of a very strong Ice Away sports team here. Um, are they are they beatable in this one, uh, Marcus? Oh, they're beatable. They're they're always beatable. Uh, it'll it'll be hard. I mean, in in every sort of situation that you that you play out there, they're, they're going to be the team with numbers there. So it, it's their race to lose. But I think there'll be a couple strong challenges for it. Um, and uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, if they're they're too confident going in, that could be their undoing. Well, I will say that. Um... In all of their iterations of the team, they've always been a very thorough preparation team, and they always race to the you know the nth degree to ensure that they do take out the wins, which is probably why they've been so ruthless on the NRS scene in the past. Um, so talk about the race a bit, um, because it is it is unique in its um, parkour, isn't it? You've got that massive imposing climb of Gibraltar, and that really sets the tone for the race. Because normally there's a breakaway by that point. Um, the breakaway is normally given a fair amount of leeway. Then over the top, over the top of Gibraltar, the race is really thinned down inside the peloton, and it's and then over the top there, you really get the thing of what of what's going to happen for the rest of the race. Um, how how the tactics going to play out? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would I would say most people look at it as though the the Grafton is, you know, 228k with one big mountain in the middle of it. But um, I, I find that the most decisive parts of the race are, are later on. There's a lot of hills, both before and after the range, that are going to be a lot more decisive than than the climb, I think. Um, yeah, you're right. Generally, there's a break that's going to go. They're going to have a good gap. And if you get yourself in the break, then you will be at the pointy end of the race when uh, the crunch time occurs later on. Um, otherwise, it's going to be attrition from the bunch to see who's there at the finish. Yeah, we've seen the breakaway um, play a major role in the last few editions of it. Um, Sean Lake wasn't actually part of the breakaway when he won that in 2015. The first time he won, he yeah. was in the break. In 2014, he was in the break, yeah. The break, yeah but yeah. 2015, he wasn't, but he did bridge up to it. Last yeah. year as well, Pat Lane from the breakaway. Um, if you, if you, it's, a, it's a, definitely a race that you want to be in the break and yeah as a team going in you basically you have to have someone in the breakaway um and if you are in for a long chase yeah um there are a number of fairly strong teams here so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of tactics um i'm I'm, overall i'm a bit disappointed with the depth of talent here in terms of the climbing talent really that can um ice away swiss wellness in this one uh what who do you see as the main as the main threats for um main threats in terms of um really taking the race to um ice away sports uh it's got to be it's got to be n swiss um they have a very a very strong team that they're bringing here as well um you got uh Dylan Sunderland, Aiden Tuvey, Ryan Kavanagh, Josh Taylor, they're all riding well and climbing well at the moment. Uh, so they, they've got options as well. Um, 
So they're going to be the main contenders. And then sort of sporadically spread out along among the rest of the field, there's a few, quite a few strong names hidden away. But you're right, unfortunately, uh, there's not quite the depth in in the field that we've uh, we've seen in in past editions so that's a shame but um it is it is what it is um i i predict it'll be a good race nonetheless um so yeah keen to get get into it yeah i mean there's a few other teams that do deserve mention uh amr reno bringing jesse hewitt along as a guest rider um obviously normally rides with the 7-eleven philippines team and they've also got Ryan, well, Ryan Standish, who was third in the mountain bike marathon champs recently. So I don't know, maybe he can do something. Um, apart from that, we've got Phoenix Cycle Collective. Sam Hill is a wild card, I think is is fair to say, um, both in riding style and form. You never know, quite know what, what Sammy's uh, going to end up doing. And the informed Tinelli, Tinelli guys, they're strong in VRS races so far this year. I'm, Got to see them in person down at the Tour of East Gippsland, and they're not, they're not shy about you know being on the front of the bunch and pushing other teams around, and they're not they're certainly not intimidated by any of the NRS guys, and they had Patrick Burt take a stage win in the recent um, Tour of the Southwest, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. Patrick Burke and, and Sasha Bondarenko Edwards are probably their strongest riders out of the team there. Um, have you come up against them before, Mark? Uh, yeah, you, they definitely do like pushing and pushing people around. Um, I'm not sure it's going to work so well in an RNRS race. Um, love to see them at the front of the bunch, uh, having a bit of a chase. It's good to get get teams up there being active. I think they'll be um, in for a bit more, a bit higher level of racing uh, at the at the Grafton than they used to. Uh, Cobra 9 Interbuild uh, have David Edwards and Sam Volkers, who are probably their strongest riders for this one, but they've brought a full squad and, yeah, they shouldn't be too shabby. And it's one of their... It's probably close to their home race, actually. Yeah, form depending for those two. They're both strong riders. Um, so, yeah, depends um, what condition they show up at the, at the race in. Um, you, can, you can definitely bet your bottom dollar that Volkers is going to be looking to get into that breakaway at the start of the race. A um, few others, Oliver's, uh, another local team, Newcastle-based this time rather than um, Brisbane-based. Uh, Ryan Thomas, probably their strongest there. And uh, I saw that he recently, and he's an Inverell rider as well, actually. Yeah, Inverell. I think there's two of them in the race this, this year. Um, Dylan's the other one? Yeah, Dylan being the other one. So, yeah, both of them are actually in with a shot of a, of a pretty good result. They've got a bit of a kick on them at the end. Um, not that it's normally a, a, a bunch kick or anything, but, you know, if a small group comes to the line, it is quite often um, a small a small bunch that comes in, or a few riders at least. So um, that'll be interesting. Nick White as well is a smoky as a youngster. It might be a bit too far for him at his his current age, but he's a very very talented rider, and you know should should suit his abilities as well. Uh, getting up to your team now, Sir George Continental, who's give us the dish the goss, Marcus. Who's doing well here for you guys? I think yeah, we've we've got um we got a pretty good team coming um coming up for the Grafton. It's uh like we we love this race. Um, we've got a, a few. I won't give away too much, but I think we've got a couple of riders that are that are that are going pretty well at the moment. So um, uh, we we will hopefully be at the point at the end of the race, and we're definitely going to be chasing um a, a podium spot come come the come the finish. Yeah, well on well on uh, paper, you guys are. 
arguably um, next strongest after Isaway, I'd say. I mean, you've you've put a bit of pressure on N Swiss here um, and said that they're probably the ones to watch. But I'd say in, in terms of talent, you guys should be um, really taking the race up to Isaway. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, I definitely think we've got uh, we got a good bunch of guys that can do it. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna be one to jump up and down saying, look at us, look at us. Um, it's definitely easier if uh, everyone isn't looking at us. Fair enough. Uh, Mobius, they're, they're another team that arguably uh, should be taking it up to us. And they did certainly last year in the NRS, which was great to see because too often teams sit back and let um, the ice away team dictate the race and um, and what what is happening in the race. But Mobius, they're not afraid to sit, sit on the front of the peloton and do work, um, even even where it seems like they maybe shouldn't at times. I, I don't know. That's probably not fair. But um, anyway, they've uh, brought they've brought. Um, I'd say, a different I'd say I'd, no. I'd say that it is fair. They quite often do go to the front when they they probably shouldn't. But it's it's how they it's how they race and it's what they've always done and it's how they've got a result out of a situation where you wouldn't expect them to be able to get a result. So they they do like to to show to play a hand. And um, and uh, get involved even when the racing's not going to suit them. Unfortunately, yes, they don't have them. They don't have their A team going into uh, into the Grafton. I think they've just come off um, a, a trip to the US um, where they've uh, done a couple of the bigger races over there. So I think they're giving um, some of their riders a rest. Uh, they've only got off the plane a day or so ago, um, being Wednesday or so with the race on Saturday. So. Hard to expect them to back up so uh, so soon. Yeah, and who knows where their legs are going to be at um, after you know intense racing and then a long plane flight. So we shall see how they go. Um, and the final pro- final person to mention probably is Keegan Girdlestone from your old team. Actually, well, he's racing with your team, uh, Tonelli Powerstream. It's great to see Keegan back in the back in the fold. Um, obviously. If you, if you haven't been interesting, if you haven't been following uh, Keegan's progress since that horrific crash last season, uh, get onto his YouTube page, check out his Twitter because it's some it's some seriously inspirational stuff what he's doing at the moment. It's coming to see him get back on the bike and really and really focused on trying to get back to that top level. Um, that that said, probably a bit too early for him at this stage, Marcus. Um, uh, I think a, a race finish is probably what he's looking for here. I'd say, I'd definitely say um, publicly he's aiming to to finish the race, but I'm um, I'm sure privately he's got um I'm not sure what it will be, but I'm sure he's got a goal in his mind of uh, what he wants to do. He's one of the most driven individuals you'll come across. He's been pretty active. Oh, he's always very active on social media. He's been doing a couple of vlogs earlier today. He even re- released um an almost hour long documentary on his uh, tour to comeback that he did the other week, which was um a thirty hour training week. Um, with a couple of mates over in Christchurch where he lives. So, I mean, if you can do a 30-hour training week um, and get through that, um, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see to see where he is. Um, definitely. I mean, we've seen how strong he is in the past, so who knows how far he can go in the future. Yeah, I was talking to, I was talking to a colleague at SBS um, recently about him coming back and um, will he ever be able to make the... I, I, I said... I said flippant, well, not flippantly, but um, rather assuredly that, yeah, sure, he's going to be back. He's going to be racing at the top of his game again. And um, my colleague kind of looked at me like I was crazy or something, like it wasn't possible that he'd come back. But 
don't know, having met him in the past and as you said, that that personality and that drive, I can't imagine that he won't be back. What's 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 your thinking on this? And seems so uh so keen and like eager to to sort of write him off as never going to get back to the top of his game but at the end of the the day like from what we're seeing he's recovering he's uh back on the bike and he's racing far earlier than um anyone ever anticipated um he's obviously got the engine we've seen that he has the engine and that engine as far as i can tell won't have gone anywhere so once it gets back up to speed i I don't see why why he why not yeah, well, as long as the body's working, he should be doing quite well. Um, Tenali Powerstream, they've got some other decent riders in there. Tristan Ward, again, a bit more of a mountain biker. And Richard Lawson, who could both do something. Um, Skoda Racing, they're over from New Zealand at the moment. Uh, Veris have brought a team over from WA. Good on them for coming over. Uh, Nero, which is... Uh, a it seems a rebranding of Cervelo, isn't it? Uh, from, I'm more or less local, yeah. local, Sydney, local Sydney team. Um They've got um quite a good following on YouTube as well. Um, the sort of a manager of uh, like that runs their team, Chris Meller, does quite a successful blog, a uh, vlog, sorry, on YouTube. So you can check them out on uh, Nero Racing on YouTube if you're um data to kill. He's got a bit of interesting content. I'm not sure they'll um sort of have any contenders for the race, but um they'll probably have the best best footage and review video come come the end. Well, certainly looking out for that. Um, and one name who we don't often get to see at NRS level, Peter Melostic, riding for Rowland. Or I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, uh, that was a, a bit of a surprise when I saw his name on the start list. I mean, time. He's a super strong rider. There's no one else on that roster that's going to be a factor after the hills. So <laughs> it's it's uh, it never ceases to amaze me how far uh, he can go. And I'm going to genuinely be interested to see where he ends up. Uh, this this edition yeah which year was it that he won the cycling nationals i don't well not entirely certain i'd have to go back and check the history books i think but you know somebody with that pedigree and he's still still stamping on those pedals isn't he okay time to break it down now oh actually individuals we can't can't forget the individuals and we've got uh individuals of note i shall say i mean no no uh no insult intended for the other guys, but we've got Troy Herfoss, Drake, Jake Kladgenbat, Drew Morey, Matt Ross, Slam White, and Ben Andrews uh, from Van Dam. There, uh, out of those guys, probably Troy Herfoss, who obviously a very strong rider and good, very good climber. Uh, Drew Morey can climb, was in very good form at Tour Southwest, and Matt Ross, who's been in superb form all season, and is really an up-and-coming rider uh, for the Drapek Pats Veg team here, who haven't brought a team. I don't know why. Yeah, I was about to mention that. Um, not sure why they haven't um, bothered to come up. Um, pretty uh, poor form, in my opinion, considering this is one of the the bigger races on the calendar. But um, we've got half a roster here anyway, so they've got and they've got some strong riders there as well. Matt Ross is probably going to be one to watch. He's just come off a, a pretty good tour of the Southwest. We've Sneaky fourth place in the time trial, so um, he's always climbing well. So you'd expect him to be a factor in the race as well. Yeah, I, f- I feel Matt Ross does best in those races where there's just one climb at the end, though, and he just powers up that, you know, massive climb at the end and, and wins it at the top. Anyway, um, Troy Herfoss as well. Um, 
very strong rider. Um, you, it's very hard to know where he's going to be at any one one time, I suppose, because want to be in the breakaways where he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, why? I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't surprise. I mean, he's a you know professional athlete. Um, in the motorbike um scene, the Moto, I don't know, Moto GP is that is that what it is? Yeah, Moto GP, and um, yeah, he's got a bit of stamina too, so you won't really see him slowing down come the end of the race. Yeah, and of course, won a stage of the Tour of Bright last year. Um, okay, prediction time. Let's get your let's get your thinking cap on, Marcus. Who who have you got for this one? I'm going to pick the local the local town hero, uh, Dylan Sunderland. Uh, for the win, he I've been I've, I've done a few races against him recently, and he is quite frankly on fire at the moment. Uh, every time you uh, think he can't get any better, he seems to. So uh, yeah, he's uh, going to be hard to get rid of, and he's got a kick at the end. So I'm going to put him down as um, my favourite. Okay, um, I think I think we're going to see something we've never seen before, and that is a three-time winner of Grafton to Inverell. And that will be Sean Lake um, overtaking uh, Jamie Drew, who's the only other two-time winner, um, I think, because it used to be a, a handicap and it became, you know, pretty bloody hard to win more than one edition. But uh, sure, yeah, Sean Lake to take. Um, you got any other any any other tips for the podium in there? Uh, I'm going to put in uh, sneaky Matt Ross in second, and I'll uh, put our own Jay Dutton in third. Be, try and be a bit interesting and uh, not put an ice away rider on the podium. So, you know, it's probably not likely, but interesting tip. It is incredibly unlikely. I mean, I kind of want to pick all ice away riders because they're just going to have so much in terms of numbers. We saw it last year um, with Pat Lane and Pat Shaw, both the Pats in that in that break there, and they just controlled things in that one. It was a the thing of beauty to watch almost um, the way they shut down all the moves and then just made everyone else work for them in that one. Um, they've also got second place from last year, Nathan Elliott in, in their team this time around. Um, we're coming back from a crash. So I'm not sure where his form is at, but obviously a warnable winner and second last year, that's not, not shabby form at all. Um, I will say that I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Oliver's boys to come up with something. I reckon Ryan Thomas, he can, he can do something so he can go on my podium and I'll have Brady Talbot from St. George on there. He's good in these sort of longer classic races. And, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Brady's been riding well at the moment as well. So um, I'm sure we'll uh, see him pretty active in the race. Okay. Well, certainly it's going to be a lot of fun, whatever happens up there in Grafton. It's, it's, always, it's one of my favourite races of the year. Uh, what I don't like about it is coming back afterwards, uh, having to drive what three hours or whatever it is back after the race. It's a long day in the in the car for me, uh, but then again, a longer day in the saddle for you, Marcus. So. Yeah, well, I booked in a, a six hour um, six hour bike ride in the morning, and then we're driving all the way back to Sydney straight after the race. So it's going to be a long time sitting down on Saturday, but you know, got to do it. What happens if you win though? You got to go to the dinner afterwards, collect your prizes. Yeah, that's the incentive. If we win, we get to go to afters at the Aussie. Fair enough. Okay. I might join you there. Okay. Um, yeah, that should be just about it for us. Um, I hope you, hopefully you've enjoyed this, you know, wrap up of local, uh, local racing here. Um, more or less what we do. Uh, it was a bit of a departure from us last time doing the Giro podcast. Uh, and thanks for everyone who listened to that. It was one of our more successful episodes, but 
the local Aussie racing's where the heart of the podcast is and where it will stay. Um, make sure that you follow us on our relevant social media platforms. Um, you can search for Breakdown Podcast on Facebook or on Twitter at Breakdown Pod. And yeah, make sure you follow along with the live coverage that we do of the race because um, I'll be tweeting along from whichever team car I am in. And Grafton to Inverell look to have stepped up the um, coverage this year. They're promising a live stream of the last five last five kilometres of the race um, from the bottom of that final climb there, which just comes up before they head down the highway into Inverell there. And they've done a, they put up a number of interesting videos, which I've been tweeting out along on the breakdown. Um, podcast uh, Twitter feed. So make sure you check out a few of them and uh, keep informed with local racing. Okay. Um, any final words for us, Marcus? No, I think that'll, that's about it. Um, thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, hope it's a good race. Okay. That's it from us. We'll see you around. Bye. The Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Out of the Rat Race Cycling Apparel, um, where you can pick up ecologically sustainable high-end kit, which is both odour-resistant and lovely to look at. So make sure you check it out at www.com.au. That's or.com.au.